You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Well, it has been probably, wait, how, how long has it been? Almost six weeks. Six weeks today. Wow. He's six weeks today. It's been six weeks since the story we're about to tell you has happened. I was literally about to say four. That is insane. Four weeks. Yeah, it feels like four. It's been six times flying by. Um, but we wanted to tell you guys the birth story because a lot of our friends listening have asked for it. But then also this is kind of like a journal, I feel like, for us. We, and it's quite a story. And it's quite, <laughs> and it's also a story. Yeah. Um, lots of fun ups, lots of fun downs, lots of not fun downs. And it ends in a baby. And it ends in a baby. <laughs> so we wanted to share all this with you preface if you are pregnant about to have a child or whatever take everything we say with a grain of salt every birth story is significantly different and very unique and so I didn't want you to think or hear something that we're saying and think it's going to happen to you necessarily also if you've had a baby and maybe your birth story was traumatic then also take this with a grain of salt and know to offer yourself tons of grace if anything starts bringing up weird feelings totally walk away, turn this off, whatever it takes to stay healthy. But I know that birth can be a really sensitive topic. So I wanted to honor all of you guys in that and give you the freedom to do whatever you need. But really, we wanted to tell the story for people interested. Shoot, like I said, I want to tell the story for us so that we can remember this forever. Maybe Maddox will listen to this one day and be like, my parents are so weird for telling all the people. But it all started at my 39-week appointment. So it's true. When we were not prepared. When we were not prepared. We will get to that. Yeah, we'll get to this. Once you enter your third trimester, I forget what week it was. I think like after 34 weeks, you start going and seeing your doctor every week instead of every other week, just so they can check in on you, baby, health, all the things. Throughout my pregnancy, now like hindsight looking back, I had high blood pressure pretty much the whole time. Like Mm -hmm. every time I went in, they would have to take my blood pressure once and they'd be like, wow, girl, try to relax. And I'm like, okay. And then take it again. It would come back down to like a normal-ish blood pressure rate, whatever you call it. Range, yeah. Yeah. My 39-week appointment, I go, oh, wait, pause though. I need to tell you guys this, that Thomas was supposed to fly that afternoon. Your flight got canceled. Yep. Flight got canceled. So I came home in my flight suit got changed and basically just threw on like a pair of pajama pants and some rainbows <laughs> and, <flip-flops>. and <laughs> hopped in the car because I was like, I'm just going to drive you with COVID. I can't go in with her or anything right. like that. Anyway, so I was just there for to emotional my chauffeur. support. Yeah. yeah, and emotional support. Yeah. So Thomas hops in the car. Um, he's like, yeah, let me take you to your appointment. So he drives me there. I walk in like normal. They take my blood pressure and the nurse kind of her eyes bug and she looks at me and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. What's going on? She's like, all right, I'm going to take your blood pressure again. 
and she takes it again. She's like, are you, are you sure you're feeling okay? Like you don't have a headache or anything? I was like, no, I blurred vision, blurred vision. Or high heart rate. Like no, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm, I really feel okay. And she's like, all right, well it might just be the machine, but your blood pressure is reading really high. And I was like, oh wow, that's interesting. So she's like, let's put you in a room to see my doctor. And before my doctor comes in, my doctor's nurse comes in. She's like, I'm going to manually take your blood pressure. She manually takes it. And she's like, wow, yeah, this is really high reading. I'm going to give you a few minutes to calm down. We're going to get Dr. Bennett in here, which is my doctor. She comes inside and Dr. Bennett goes, um, hey, so your blood pressure is really high. Uh, don't freak out, but we need to go and test you for preeclampsia. And that just looks like getting your, some blood work done, blah, blah. So we're going to send you over to the hospital. To labor and delivery. To labor and delivery. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. And I got to tell you guys, like visually in my mind, I thought that, I thought too, they were going to like, when we got over to the hospital, they were going to put me in a room and take my blood and it's going to be normal. No. Like a lab room. Like, yeah, here, like go, a normal doctor's Take some room. blood, like when prick your finger or whatever. Put on a blood pressure cuff. <laughs> yes. So I walk outside of the car to Thomas in his pajamas and flip-flops <laughs> and say, hey, we're going to the hospital. And he kind of, we all kind of freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, what if it happens tonight? What if they have to induce me? All these things. Kind of a God blessing. My mom was actually already on her way to come hang out with us the week before baby came, before like we thought he was going to come to help us get the house ready and all these things. So my mom was already on a flight over, right? She was in the Atlanta airport. She was in the Atlanta airport when we FaceTimed her and told her we were going to the hospital. So we go straight from the doctor's office to the hospital, go into the emergency room, tell them, hey, we're here for labor and delivery. Here's my name. They're expecting us. They take me up and literally put me into a labor and delivery room with a bed and a gown and the contraction monitor and like everything. They start coming in, taking my blood and triaging me basically, like asking me all the questions about like, what did my birth plan, like, what do I want my medicine to look like? All these things. They're like in processing you. Yes. And truly we were like, oh, like we could have a baby. And the lady was like, yes, if your lab work comes back scary or with any kind of preeclampsia, then yes, you will be having a baby today. And I was like, oh, panic. Because... We didn't even have a charger. We, we had we nothing. We had nothing with it. It was just the two of us and our phones. And so <laughs> we were not prepared at all. My blood pressure ended up coming down. My lab results came back clear. So they discharged us that night, probably around what time was it? Like 10 or something? No, it was it was Eight. early enough for us to still hit Chick-fil-A You're on the way right. out. <laughs> that is, yeah, it's important <laughs> information. It felt late for me, but apparently it was early enough to get Chick-fil-A. So we got Chick-fil-A on the way home because we didn't think to stop for dinner on our way from the doctor to right. the hospital because they made it a little emergent. They had a little date night in the parking lot, just chillaxed. Yep. And we ate our Chick-fil-A, came home, picked up my mom from the airport. It was wild. When that happened, my doctor said, obviously, we need to set up a follow-up appointment a little bit sooner than that next week appointment that typically happens just to make sure that you're still feeling okay, that your blood pressure is back in a normal range, all these things. So my appointment that sent me to the hospital was a Friday, if you guys are like calendar kind of people. It was on a Friday and she wanted to bring me back in on Tuesday. So that whole weekend, we were kind of praying for my blood pressure to come down or for me to go into spontaneous labor on my own. Um, Part of this was because I really wanted to try an unmedicated birth because I wanted to see what my body could do. I wanted to see it do all the cool things that you always hear about and I wanted to be in tune with it. And so with that, obviously, 
when you get induced, unmedicated birth is really difficult because a lot of times the induction medicine takes you from zero to 60 in like 0.5 seconds and your contractions are wild and all the things. But they have always said that if you go into spontaneous labor, like your, your body puts you into labor on its own, then typically unmedicated births are a lot easier, less difficult, not easy. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. <laughs> right. We get home, my mom's with us, I get the bouncy ball from a friend, like a birthing ball here on our military base we're living at, and I was just bouncing on that all weekend, eating the spicy foods, what else were we trying? Trying everything you could imagine. Everything you could imagine, and more, to try to get this baby to come on his own. My mom ends up leaving, and I go back to my appointment on Tuesday, and same thing happens. Come inside, check my blood pressure, blood pressure's high. Also, we were stacked and ready. That car was packed right. <laughs> with everything we could need. I was fully dressed. Right. We were ready to rock. Right. So, right, of course. When we came back home from our appointment that Friday that sent us to the hospital, we looked at each other and we were like, all right, this hospital bag has got to get packed and put in the car, in the car seat, in the car, just in case. We had, like, everything laid out on a bed. We mm-hmm. just hadn't, like, put it in a bag. and. Right. That junk was packed before we went to sleep that night. <laughs> yeah. We were not playing games. We were not playing games anymore. So when I went to my Tuesday appointment, we were all we were like praying a ton on the way there. Thomas was dressed to be a dad this time. <laughs> um, I was like dressed and we had all the things in the car just in case they sent us over to the hospital again. So like I said, got there, checked the blood pressure. Blood pressure was high. Put me in a room, manually checked the blood pressure. And then the nurse was like, look, honey, I'm going to give you five minutes. I just need you to calm down. Let me tell you this also, that your anxiety or panic or anything like that makes your blood pressure go through the roof as well. So when someone tells you to try to calm down, (laughs) I'm like, honey, I cannot calm down. We tried. Um, I turned on some worship music. Uh, There's a cool feature on Spotify where you can invite someone to listen to the music with you. So Thomas was in the car listening to music with me, sort of, um, praying and just trying to relax. And so they came back in, checked my blood pressure again, and praise God, it was normal. So, ish. You know, normal ish. Normal right. enough for you to go home. Right. She was like, I know you as my patient enough to know that, like, this is still high blood pressure, but you're fine. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Right. So she sent me home. Then, I know this is a lot, y'all. I promise we're going to finally get to the birth board. <laughs> uh, I come back that next Friday, which was my my 40 week appointment. Yeah. Um, Again, bags packed, ready to go. Thomas is coming with me this time for sure. At this point, 40 weeks, you're technically overdue. Like that is your due date. And I was 40 weeks, two days, and I was over my due date. So I was really uncomfortable to say the least. But we were in the, or I was inside the um, doctor's office. Check my blood pressure, blood pressure high. What do you know? (laughs) I know, did it all again. But this time when you go in and you're after your due date, they want to take ultrasound like just they want to check you with a sonogram ultrasound to make sure you're all good and you've got the fluid and the baby looks okay. Um, and they will let me go to a certain amount and we were before that amount. So I was still hung- hanging on to the hope of maybe spontaneous birth at this point. Was waiting in the waiting room for the ultrasound and was seeing all these women walk back there that had already, that came in after me. I was waiting there for about an hour, almost an hour and a half. I really had to pee. <laughs> and also we should note that I was starting to get crampy. Yeah. And we started timing my cramps and they were So they weren't con- they weren't contractions at this point yet, but they were Like you could tell were, my like, body was doing something. And they were every 20 minutes. Yeah. 
because of the cramps, I, it felt good to walk around. So I walk up to a nurse and I say, hey, I'm okay to wait, but I want to let you know, like I'm 40 weeks in two days. I'm starting to get a little bit crampy. Can I just walk around your office and just do some laps and not just sit in a chair? Cause I'm getting really uncomfortable slash swollen. <laughs> and so they're like, yeah, honey, what's your name? And I looked up all, they looked up all the things I'm walking around and a different doctor, not my doctor walks up to me and she says, hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm going to send you over to labor and delivery. Your blood pressure is really high and you're overdue. And I look back at her and I was like, like I've done this before. <laughs> We've taken the blood pressure. I know it's been high. I've actually already been over there to do lab work and all the things. Like I'm explaining it to her as if she doesn't know what's been going on when really she has seen my charts and she knows. And she's like, no, I need you to go over to the hospital right now. And she didn't even get to do the I didn't even get, ultrasound right. yet. I hadn't gotten to my ultrasound yet. Anyways, they basically just took her blood pressure and was like, yeah, you need to go to the hospital. Right. And that kind of bothered me because I really wanted to see my doctor because she had kind of been with us through this whole random crazy blood pressure process. So I walk outside of the car and I was like, hey, they're sending us to the hospital again. And Thomas is like, wait, what? No, like why? And so I told tell him why. And he's like, we, he's like, you should go back in there. What did you say? Something well, yeah, because like- going over the hospital wasn't the issue. It was that she waited for almost two hours to get into the appointment and then it ended with yeah well it sounded like they were like we're gonna send you to labor and delivery and you could just get the ultrasound over there because it was like close close to closing it was time about 4 45 on a Friday. and i was like yeah. no you go back in there and say i want to see my doctor and i want to talk to my doctor <laughs> thomas had a full-on karen i want to talk to your manager moment <laughs> <laughs> because if, it, if she was able to go home and we went over to the hospital just because it was easier, like he, he, she has high blood pressure and then we, that's one less patient we have to see before we close and she can just get the ultrasound over there, we're going to be there till 10 o'clock. Yeah. And that was not okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> just going to say, Thomas is an advocate. It's just his personality type. I literally marched my behind back inside the office. <laughs> I don't even like check with the like front desk. I just walk back. I just, I still can't believe I did this. I was bold. Walk back. I look at my nurse, like my doctor's nurse, who I've had a relationship with. And I say, can I please speak with Dr. Bennett? And she's like, you're supposed to be in the hospital. I was like, I know. Can I please speak with Dr. Bennett? And she's like, okay. So I go to my doctor's literal office, like not even a room. They right. take me to the office with her desk where she's like finishing write, up from the last writing down all the charts. Yeah. All of her notes on charts. And I was like, Dr. Bennett, she was like, Rachel, you are supposed to be in the hospital. And I was like, I know. I'm just like, am I gonna am I gonna have a baby today? And she like starts fanning me with her like charts and was like, Yes, honey, I need you to go to the hospital. You probably will not leave the hospital without your son. Okay. I was like, but am I gonna be okay? She's like, oh, we think you're gonna be okay. We cannot play games anymore. We're not sending you back home with this. Plus, she pressure. did express her concern, like, I know I have high blood pressure, but it seems like like, I really wanted to talk to you. She's like, no, I made the decision. She said, like, I made the decision. I told the doctor to come yeah, tell you in the office. It's not that you just didn't get a chance to talk to me. Like, we're on the same page. You really do need to go over there. Right. And she said, this is like third time, you know, three yeah. strikes, you're out. Like, we've got to get you over there. This time, though, on the way from the from the office to the hospital, we stopped at Chick-fil-A. We did we it before. We took our time. <laughs> we took our time. They made it seem like we needed to get over there in like five minutes. I think it took us an hour to get over there because we went and had dinner. <laughs> we had a little date night. We literally like got Chick-fil-A, sat in the car, ate it with some Ben Rector playing, called our parents, told yeah. them what was up. Like really, truly took our time. Then we went over to the emergency room. Yeah. And got all checked in. They came downstairs with the full-on wheelchair. And I was like, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. 
So they take us upstairs. Oh, and this time, yes, we did have our stuff, which was a praise God moment. So I had all of our stuff, went upstairs. This time I had to do blood work again. Mm-hmm. Um, they started an IV drip. And, and a COVID, COVID test. test. <laughs> I think, honestly, y'all, that was one of the worst parts. I'm not even kidding. Y'all, Rachel, has been, Rachel has been putting off the COVID test in this entire pandemic. Like, if something required a COVID test, she was like, yeah, I just won't do it. Yeah, now, I like, would not have the fun so that I didn't have to get the test. Because I don't like anything up my nose. Now, like she walks in the hospital. And it's like the first thing. She was like, frick, I made it this long. <laughs> and now I have to get a daggum COVID test. Like, I don't even do like a stress or strep test swap or flu test swap. Like, that is not something I look forward to. I don't think anyone looks forward to it. But, like, I'm really a baby. Anyways, that was kind of a funny moment. Yeah. So, they swabbed me. They poked me. They pricked me. They did all the things. Put me in the bed with the gown and the contraction monitors and all the things. And we're looking at the contraction monitors and we're kind of following it. We're looking at, um, we're watching Survivor. That's right. We did watch Survivor for a little while. We watched Survivor for a little bit. And then the doctor on call comes in because, womp womp, my doctor was not on call that weekend. So, she wasn't going to be with us part of the process. So the doctor comes in, bada bing, bada boom, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this, this, that, and this and the other. And just like starts literally like telling us the plan A to Z and you'll you'll have your baby within a couple hours. Bada bing, bada boom. And I was like, panic. And that kind of made me anxious too, because I love my doctor and she's amazing. And she kind of knew everything that I wanted. She knew what was making me anxious. Like she, you know, she could have kind of could have held my hand through it when really this doctor just told me straight up, this is what's going to happen. So I started asking questions. I was like, well, what about this? And what about that? And I, I really wanted this. And he's like, look, like if you're my daughter, this is how we're going to do it. With your blood pressure this high, anything can happen from seizures to really worst case scenario type things happen when we, when we try and take our time with high blood pressure situations. So Rachel was basically like, okay, yes, I get that. But I don't want to jump into the deep end of the pool right away. Yeah, if can there's I start the off? least least measure of action we can take right now, let's do that and then see what my body does. Okay, then we take another baby step and then let's see what my body does. Let's not just go from A to Z. I think birth is so cool because you can tr- you can feel your body doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So like even the small cramps, I could tell my body was preparing and doing stuff. So I was like, I really want to give my body the chance. Like I want to see what she can do and. Um, he was really gracious in that. And he was like, okay, well then that makes sense. We'll try something else first. Um, I also had a doula. Her name's Blaine. She's incredible. And so, um, I was kind of like keeping her in the loop with all these things. And so she was helping me and calling me down and I wasn't really in labor yet. So I didn't want her to come to the hospital at that moment, but we had planned on her coming the next morning around eight o'clock in the morning. Cause we were expecting things to progress by that point. Right. Um, the plan was to basically try this thing called Cytotech, mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. And it's like a pill they implant when they come and check your cervix and, um, they help your cervix ripen because at this point I was not dilated and it helps it try to get the dilation process happening on its own. I had three doses once every four hours and it was an overnight process. And the with, max you can get is four, four doses, doses. Right. And they stopped at three. They stopped at three. And at that point I was four centimeters. And so they were excited about that. My body was progressing on its own, which I was so proud and so excited as well. All right. So as I'm progressing in dilation, I get a really bad headache. Um, I don't know if it was from the medicine. I don't really know. Maybe I was really hungry or dehydrated. Who knows? But I just started getting really bad headaches. So I tell my nurse and she's like, all right, we can try 
like a drip, some type of like medicine through your IV, or we can give or you Tylenol. Tylenol or something like that. And I was like, let's try the Tylenol first. She's like, good call. So try Tylenol, try to sleep it off or something. It is not helping yeah. at all. Also the cocktail, I mean, also the IV thing was basically like how she described it was, this is basically like a little cocktail. Like we're <laughs> going to get you a little loopy. We're going to get you feeling good and it's going to take the edge off. Right. So I was like, well, I don't want to try that yet. Let me try the Tylenol. Try it. Didn't work. Call the nurse back in. It was, I pr- I tried to hold it out for like three hours Yeah. And, I, and it was getting worse. And that made me anxious because I was like, I don't want a headache and contractions. <laughs> so she came back in. She's like, do you want to try the cocktail? I was like, let's try the cocktail. And your fear with the cocktail was you didn't want to get loopy and then have it wear off and your contractions had progressed to a point that you were like, oh my gosh. Right. Yes. And I, yes, I wanted to like feel the increase of the contractions on my own rather than just like pass out, wake up with intense contractions. So they do the cocktail literally as she's dripping it in. I'm like falling asleep. Yeah. You, you took a good nap. You felt good. And then your headache was still there. By this that was point, the, it was like in the middle of the it night. It was like two o'clock. Yeah. In the yeah. morning. Two o'clock in the morning, I wake up and it I have intense contractions. It was so bad that I literally called my doula. She answered on the first half ring. Like I'm so oh I'm so thankful for her. I said, Blaine, I need you here like right now. I was like, I'm still <laughs> drunk from this medicine and I know that you're supposed to be here at eight o'clock in the morning, but my contractions are getting intense and I really need your help. And she's like, Okay, I'm on it. I'll be there in forty five minutes. And she was. She was probably there in like thirty five. She got there fast. Or she said an hour and she was there yeah, like 45. Yeah, she was there at 45. Um, and so, you, yeah, you called her at like 4 a.m. It okay. was it was a little later. And then she got there at like 5. Okay, great. Love you, Blaine. Uh, she got there and so she starts kind of coaching me through the breathing, like trying to get into it. I tried so many different things to get these contractions. But meanwhile, they keep coming and checking me and I am naturally progressing, which is great. Thomas steps out for a snack. I did not want to eat in front of you. He didn't want to eat in front of me. <laughs> um, good call. <laughs> and, and the doctor comes in. He's like, all right, time to break your water. And he like came in with like all the things and the nurses and wait, whoa, whoa. I was like, wait, hold on, hold on. And I was like, but my husband's not here. He's like, it's only going to be a quick second. I was like, Blaine, go get Thomas. And she runs out, gets Thomas, comes back in. Then this man's phone starts ringing so freaking loud. Like the old school like iPhone alarm kind yeah. of ring and it's in his pocket, like in his um, shirt like pocket, pocket like yeah. scrub pocket. And he's leaning over me about to perform my water breaking or whatever to break my water. And I am like in a toot. I am, I am in, I'm being very sassy and he leans over to do it. And he's like trying to get me to cooperate, but I can't because I'm literally so distracted by this phone ringing. And so right in your face. And it's kind of right leaning over her. Right. And... It's right in my face. And he's like, honey, I, I need you to, whatever. I forget what he says. Like, I need you to relax. And I was like, I cannot relax. Your phone is ringing really loud. Can you please turn it off? No, you said, you said, I can't relax because your phone is so distracting. Can you turn it off? (laughs) (laughs) So he pulls his phone. The worst, the most annoying part of the whole thing was he pulls his phone out of his pocket, looks at it and then puts it back ringing still. Like he doesn't silence it or anything. So he silences it and then he breaks my water. So once he breaks my water, this is when things start getting... Oh, yeah, also we had to pause and get the baby. So Maddox is actually hanging out with us for his birth story. So if you hear baby coos in the background, it's just our real life these days. Um, Thomas is also a trooper because he pretty much wanted to watch and see everything. And he did. Yeah. He pretty much did. I didn't expect that. That wasn't my plan going in. 
I really just wanted to be there for her and encourage and be there for emotional support. And when you're there that close, you don't really have an option but to see everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the things I also want to mention is the ways that Thomas helped. So he was great with like physically comforting me, but then also there was lots of emotional and spiritual comforting as well, I feel like. Like he prayed over me, which was extremely helpful. We had found some affirmations online that were Mm -hmm. neat for him to read over me. And they were really powerful affirmations too that really like when you focused on them got me through a lot of the contractions. Um, So I'll make sure to link those in the show notes because they were incredible and really helped me like tune into the spiritual aspect of it all. Um, So once my water broke is when things really started getting real. My contractions got much more intense. We had an incredible nurse. Her name was Haley. She was like our night. She let, I mean, I felt like she was there for a majority of labor. Yeah. Um, Was really an angel on earth. Uh, She knew that our plan was unmedicated for as long as we could make it. Um, And so I really wanted to get in the shower and stand up and kind of like walk around. But the monitors kind of, you can't really. One, they're not waterproof. But two, they're not really mobile either. So the sweet nurse Haley literally dug in a closet and found... What were they? They were these like, like wireless waterproof monitors that they don't typically use because mm-hmm. um, they're kind of spotty. But she probably spent like 20 minutes trying to get this thing to connect and figure out how it worked and all this different stuff. And it finally worked. Yeah. Which freed me up to go be in the shower, which that was the shower really helped. Yeah. Um, at this point, I would say my contractions were maybe like. I don't know. I forget the timing at that point. Right. But. But I was still progressing, which was great. And around, I'd say, like, my six centimeter, eight centimeter check is when things started really going awry. What? No, you were you held out at, like, five centimeters for a long time. Okay. Held out at five centimeters for a long time. At one point, my contractions started to turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were no longer regular contractions, but they were called irregular contractions. Yep. Where instead of the contraction lasting for a minute and getting five minutes in between, the contraction started lasting four to five minutes and I was getting anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute in between. Yeah. So if you've been in a hospital or been around somebody that had a baby soon uh, before, you know that there's a little contraction monitor. Instead of it going up. Like it looks like little mountain peaks. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of it going up and then down and the whole width of that is a minute, it would go up. A little really bit high, down. And then it would come down a little bit, and then it would go back up, and then it would come down a little bit, and then it would go back up, and it would come down. And there would be three or four, if not five, of those little peaks of the mountain, and then it would go back down for about a minute, and then it would go back and do it all over again. So it was real cray. That was the hardest part. It wasn't the contractions in general, because those definitely were difficult, and they were really painful. But if they lasted a minute, I really, I could get through them. It was the fact that I I could not breathe. <laughs> like, yeah. It just became really intense because I couldn't get a break in between them to get the mental capacity to be like, all right, let's do this again. And it became really hard for the people trying to help and coach me through it because it would look like my contractions were going down. So everyone was like, all right, it's coming down, it's coming down. But it wasn't. It would go right back up. And yeah. that was that was just hard for expectations for everybody. So it became really uncomfortable and I did the best I could. They ended up putting me on oxygen because that irregular contractions put a lot of stress on Maddox. I was calling my mom and at one point I was like, I just need to talk to my mom, but I, I could not speak. So my mom basically just talked to me and prayed over me. And we have a sweet video of that that Blaine took. 
Yeah. That was one of my favorite memories too. Thomas continued to read the affirmations over me and was like so sweet. Tried um, some different positions because it was yeah. back labor. Right. And so then I, I had back labor give, as well. Um, Blaine coached me in how to help give Rachel some like pressure in her lower back to relieve the pain, relieve the pain a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Blaine and I kind of took turns doing that. At one point, I remember laying there and being in so much pain and really just I was exhausted. That was it. And I prayed and I was like, Lord, I need you to give me more strength for this take away the irregularity and like give me regular contractions because I kept asking people like how long is this going to last and everyone was like we can't give you a time it's up to your body we have no idea that was hard for me I said or give me an out like give me make it abundantly clear that it's okay like my time doing this is done I kid you not it felt like 30 seconds to me it might have been longer because my concept of time was nowhere to be found (laughs) um Haley our our nurse walked in the room said hey I just want to let you know there's an incredible anesthesiologist right outside the door that's doing one more epidural and then going home he is my absolute favorite and so I've convinced him to to do one for you if you want it if you want it right because he was planning on going home after this but I convinced him to stay and do this if you want to like she said, I know and I honor the fact that you want to do this unmedicated, but you look really uncomfortable. And I just wanted to offer this if it's something you were considering. And that was kind of the out I feel like I prayed for. But my whole thing with the epidural was not that I was trying to prove it and be unmedicated and be like that chick that was just so strong. It wasn't that at all. It was more just so I really wanted to feel what my body was doing. Like I wanted to be in tune. I wanted to be able to have effective pushes. I just wanted to see like the way my body was created and be able to experience it all. So I I expressed my concern to Blaine, my doula, to Thomas, to even the anesthesiologist. and was like, look, I I don't want to be numb from the belly button down. Like I want to be in tune. And he informed me that that could actually still happen that they could they have a dosage where you it takes the edge off but you still can feel when contractions happen you can still effectively push so i chose that route (laughs) this is probably another one of my favorite stories um the anesthesiologist came in to do the epidural and i was in the middle of a contraction or a contraction had just started when he walked in the door And they have to read you all of these things just to make sure you are who you are. He's performing this on the right person. I don't have any allergies, all that kind of stuff. And he's trying to read me this thing for me to, to consent to. And I, I cannot talk. I cannot speak because I am in a contraction so intense. So he sees my contraction monitor and he's like, oh, are you going through a contraction? I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay, well, I can wait for the contraction to end until I start this. I was like, thank you. And it's actually happened a couple of times. You probably don't remember it, but he would say like, oh, you're in a contraction. I'll wait. And he would wait. And then he would be like, all right, let's fire out a couple questions. He did that. And then he'd be like, all right, we're in another contraction. I'll be patient. It's fine. He did that like three or four times. He was another angel on earth in this whole experience. He was really great and patient and gracious with the whole contraction thing. Finally, he was like, all right, I got to, we just got to crank out these questions. This is taking a long time. Because she only only had like 30 seconds to get in a couple questions in between the contractions. And he was like, dang, you're still contracting. And I was like, yes, this is why I'm getting a freaking epidural. He ended up putting in the epidural. Honestly, I don't even remember what the epidural was like. I didn't look. I closed my eyes the whole time because I was also contracting it probably the whole time. Yeah. I was gripping Thomas to death and like leaning up against him. The room was probably like 60 degrees Fahrenheit because I was so hot. And so it was just really cold in there. Yeah, it was freezing. So I had on a couple layers because Rachel was, yeah, really hot. I was really hot and needed to be cold. And so with the epidural, she was sitting on the edge of the bed and I was standing there and she was kind of like 
holding my arm. I was I was him. holding her in my arms and she was leaning up against my chest. Yes. So she could be still, but she could also grip for the contractions. Well, <laughs> I had on these layers of clothes and she's, you know, in contractions, you have to breathe through them. So she's, ooh, she's breathing all <laughs> down my chest and like gripping me really hard. Plus, I hate seeing Rachel in pain and there's this procedure going on and all this stuff. So I just start sweating like, like crazy. And, and I put my hand out on the rail of the bed one time and the doctor saw my hand like beating in sweat. And he was really scared that I was going to like pass out from like watching the <laughs> procedure. And he was like, you good, dad? And I was like, no, I really am fine. I'm just so hot. <laughs> he was like, yeah, well, I don't want that to be the first sign that you're about to pass out on me. He's like, I need you to sit down. I was like, no, I really am good. But I talked to the nurse and I was like, hey, I need you to tap in for a second. <laughs> so she tapped in. She held Rachel for like literally a minute and I just started shedding clothes. Like I took off my off jacket, so took fast. off my, I had on gym shorts underneath my like athletic pants and <laughs> I just started stripping, <laughs> gathered some air for a second, sat down and then I was like, all right, I'm back in. So then I, I held Rachel again, but I literally had like sweat stains on my shirt because I was sweating so bad, but that was kind of a funny part. That was funny. So get the epidural, totally takes the edge off. I can still see and feel the contractions, which was great and was a blessing. I think I did take a small nap. You did? Yeah, right after the epidural went in, you took a little nap. Took a little nap because I was also progressing mm-hmm. and it was almost time to push. Let me say this if you've never been through labor. It's also strategic. You have to make some strategic moves. Um, I wanted to also get the epidural because I knew I was running out of stamina. So if I just used all my energy to get through the contractions, I would have had zero to, to push. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have had any energy to actually get him out. Yeah, looking back, that was It was a good right call. call. Yeah. yeah. I get some rest because it had been a day. And, and you hadn't progressed quite yet. You were still hanging out at like five to six centimeters. And then right. after the contractions, your body kind of took out. And, and it was still another six, eight hours before yeah, before pushing. pushing. Yeah. yeah. I remember getting a check, them coming in, checking me, and the nurse being like, oh my gosh, that's his head. Do you remember that? She was like, oh, I'm, I'm touching his hair. Yeah. And I was like, you're what? <laughs> I was like, what? She's like, um, it's almost time to push. And so we started getting ready. And I remember looking over her and being like, I don't know how to put, like, I don't, I didn't go to any birthing classes because COVID, like we didn't have any opportunity for anything like that. So I just looked at her, I was like, I don't know how to do this. And so she started. That was once the nurse was in there and you were about to push for the first time. You're like, wait a second, pause. How do I do 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 this? (laughs) this?" (laughs) You're like putting my legs up and all the things. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, what do I do? So she was really kind and kind of like coached me through it and. Thomas was literally like running around the room, getting so jacked, like texting all of our family, doing push-ups, doing push-ups, like yeah, whoa, yeah, go do this, whoa, about me and my son. It was so freaking funny. And Blaine was like, "What are you doing?" She's like trying to get a video of she it. She was so laughing so hard. hard. Yes. So Thomas was really excited to coach me through this too, which he was a great coach. They put my legs up, teaching me how to do this thing. It felt like nurses came in there and started whipping out things oh, yeah, everywhere. For sure. Like, they brought in that little cart thing, and they started getting down to business. Yes. And they're like, okay, this is how you do it. We're going to go with the contractions. I think that I always believed that pushing was the worst part. So I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to get an epidural for the pushing. Like, I don't want to feel that. But the pushing was so relieving. The contractions were the worst part, in my opinion. And the pushing helped me get relief mm-hmm. from contractions. So every time I had a contraction, I was pushing. So I was working with it. So the contraction was pushing him down, and then I was trying to push him out, basically. Mm-hmm. We were working together. So I would wait for a contraction and then push and do the whole thing. 
at one point, like we were kind of getting closer. He kind of got stuck behind my pelvic bone, which was really uncomfortable. <laughs> and then, well, um, real quick, there was a really cute part because they were like, "This is what I could do on our very first push. This <laughs> is what the push is going to look like. You're going to hold your breath. You're going to we're going to wait for a contraction. You're going to push three times for ten seconds, and then we're going to take a break till the next contraction." And the first time Rachel does it, but she was like breathing through it as she pushed. And they were like, no, hold your breath. She was like, oh, oh, okay. And then she <laughs> held her breath and did it. And then after that one was done, she was like, I'm sorry. I, I didn't I didn't hold my I breath. I, I messed it up. And they were like, honey, this is the first time you've ever pushed. We don't expect you to get it perfect. <laughs> the Enneagram 3. I was like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry. I messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one I was like, was that good? Was that good? They were like, yeah, that was great. I was like, great. Anyways, pushed for two hours. Within yep. those two hours, though, this was another funny part. Everyone was so encouraging. Like, almost too encouraging. It was borderline obnoxious. Like, everyone had something to say. So, like, one nurse was like, you're doing great. You're doing great. Keep going. Keep going. Another nurse was like, push, push. And then Thomas was saying, like, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. So, my thing was is, every, yeah, at that point, everybody had their their kind of saying. One nurse was saying one thing. One nurse was saying the other thing. And in my mind, I'm thinking through like, okay, how do I not make Rachel upset? Like, how do I not annoy her? <laughs> and, and I was like, well, for me, everybody's saying the same thing over and over again. So I was like, I'm going to try and use a couple more adjectives this time instead of the same thing I've been saying every time. <laughs> well, that was the wrong decision. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you're doing great. You're awesome. You're so strong. Absolutely. You got this. Keep going. And I, I like, it was like, there was no breaks in between all these different like encouragements and affirmations, which yeah, it was so sweet, which is why. I felt so bad after I said this, but I literally, in one of my pushes, <laughs> I literally stopped pushing and I looked over at him, locked eyes, and was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Which Blaine and I looked at each other and we started laughing. Like, I didn't take offense to any of this stuff, but it was so I felt, funny. <laughs> I felt so bad, but at the same time, I was like, I just need him to stop talking. Like, I am so distracted. Oh, wait, what? We laughed at each other and then I was like, okay, got it. <laughs> He's like, got it. <laughs> I just I just needed something like fun and something to like amp me up. Yeah, I just remember needing like to get amped up and to like, push through and it ha- it just so happened, I think typically this is how it works. Rem- correct me if I'm wrong. Typically what happens when you're pushing, they ask you to stop pushing at some point so they can go get a doctor because the doctor t- technically has to catch baby. So, if you're progressing really quickly and the baby's almost out, they're like, "Okay, wait, pause. We need to go get a doctor." Um, Blaine reminded me it was a blessing from the Lord that literally like as he was crowning like about to come out the doctor just walked the in. doctor just happened to walk in and like check in on us he starts gloving up and like ready to catch the kid like <laughs> truly birth Maddox this is another funny part Thomas you're probably gonna want to say yeah so yeah there's there's a lot of other details in there but you don't nobody really needs to know all that stuff to, we don't need to know. <laughs> but when so i hadn't really prepared to watch but the nurse was like dad you're gonna want to see this and i did and i was like oh my gosh this is crazy but when the doctor was literally pulling maddox out so he noticed that the cord was wrapped around maddox's head and that was surprising because when we did the ultrasound or whatever the the prior you know two nights prior whenever that was the the cord wasn't wrapped around his neck and everything was good well the cord was wrapped around his neck and so when the doctor grabbed Maddox's head I kid you not he grabbed his head and he rotated it 180 degrees and pulled <laughs> like like quickly and so I was like watching this saw him basically snap my kid's head off and I was like, that's it. And I never got to meet him. Like, I, I can't believe that just happened. And so that was pretty scary. He like unwound him from the from the uh, umbilical cord and then it was over. But 
That was kind of funny. It was funny. I think it was a shock. We n- neither one of us knew it was going to happen. I couldn't really see anything either. I remember there was a light. One of the lights that was on the ceiling, if I looked up, was like a reflective light. So I could have seen everything if I had wanted to, but I really just didn't want to. Yeah. So I just kept my eyes closed basically the whole time. But yeah, he was he was born on daylight savings time. Yeah, or that the night. Day, that night. And it was funny, too, because the nurses were like, hey, honey, you're going to have to get him out before midnight because we're not really quite sure like what we'd put on his birth certificate. <laughs> before 2 a.m. Before 2 a.m. That was They were like, they were, it was kind of funny because the nurses were joking with each other, sitting there helping Rachel push, and they're just having this side conversation. They're like, we got to get this kid out here before 2 a.m. because what will we even do? Do we add an hour? Do we take away an hour? Like what? They were sitting there talking about math. What day would he be yeah. born on? <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. So we, we got him out at 11.39. 12.43, but close. For real? Yes. <laughs> God. <laughs> this is why Thomas is joining me for this show. Oh, yay. I would need to have like, the show fact-checked before publishing it if he wasn't here with me right now. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> what is that number? Why is it sticking in my head now? I, remember, I think it was, was 12.43 because it was almost 1.234, but the last two numbers were just switched. Huh. Okay, good Good way to remember that for next time. Where did 1139 come from? I have no clue. Me neither. It's nothing happened at 1139. <laughs> <laughs> it was so sweet. He was put on my chest, and we just had a moment together, the three of us, mm-hmm. which was really precious. He was six pounds, 10.8 ounces. 10.8 ounces, little tiny guy. We were there at the hospital for a few more days, Yeah. just recovering and... Checking in on him, making sure he was good to come home, and we were sent home, which was wild. So big picture, we were at the hospital Friday evening for like a late dinner-ish, probably around 6 or 7, and then we had Maddox, well, we, yeah, Rachel had Maddox (laughs) (laughs) Sunday. We met him. We we met Maddox Sunday Sunday morning morning at 12.43 a.m. So that's kind of how long that whole process took. And then we left the hospital we went Monday, Monday night. night. Yeah. Got Zaxby's on the way home. That's right. Came home and started life together. It's kind of kind of a wild ride. Wow. Who knew that was six weeks ago? Goodness. I know. So crazy. But I'm just so grateful for that journey and grateful even for all of the encouragement and support that we got from a lot of you guys who reached out and messaged and commented when we kind of announced that we were at the hospital ready to meet our little boy, just really like it takes a village. Crazy to think that there's an online village, but it takes you guys too. And seriously, I covet all your prayers and your encouragement as this new mom journey has started because it's wild and hard and holy and humbling and all the things, but also just prayers for Maddox and his health and for our family and our bonding. And we don't take any of it or any of you guys for granted. So we're just so grateful and thrilled to have shared this whole story with you. Something I definitely want to mention is just how loved and how comforted I felt by the Lord. I know that sounds super spiritual, but something I definitely want to mention is the thinness, like the layer between earth and heaven when you're going through labor and delivery is so thin and something that I will cherish and remember for forever. Just feeling so comforted with every breath, knowing that my body was created to do this, to have the strength to to feel the pain, to feel the joy, to feel the sorrow, to grieve the good and the bad and all the things just was so beautiful to know that the Lord created my body to do that. Um, He created 
females to produce and bring forth life. And whether that is for you, a child or a dream, maybe it's a family in a different kind of way. Just remember that as women, we were created to bring forth life in such a way that that layer between earth and heaven is so thin. And so friend, I pray for you in the situation, whether you are whether you are a mom, that you remember that thinness, whether you have a hard time remembering that thin layer, that the Lord would bring it near to you and to your heart. If you desire to have that thin layer, whether it's to become a mom or to achieve something or to be able to bear fruit or see something happen in your life, I pray that that happens in the Lord's timing and that you would be able to experience that thinness because this story was one where my body, I thought maybe was failing me. Um, this story started shoot a long time ago before before we even stepped foot in that delivery room. It started when we had the desire to be parents and the Lord took us on a journey that looked a lot different than what we anticipated it to look like. But that thin layer, looking back, I see it now and I'm just so grateful that the Lord was near for his provision, for his sovereignty over everything. And I definitely don't want to let this episode pass without mentioning all of that. And my prayer for you is that you would also experience that or remember or remember experiencing it for yourself. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.